Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Shirley Anubo, and today I have Pastor Mark Moore, an author of Core 52. Mark Moore traded his title of Dr. Moore to Pastor Mark after leaving his post of 22 years as a Bible professor. All right. I am so interested in our topic, and I imagine that I am not the only one who has never thought of this, or maybe maybe I am, but I'm teasing, teasing this up for a long time. I, they want to hear what it is. Okay. I don't know that I've ever considered the psychology of interpretation. Maybe I should have. I don't know. Would you explain what that means, and does it affect everyday Bible reading? Absolutely. You may have never considered the psychology of interpretation, but you have always practiced the psychology of interpretation. What I mean by that is how we approach life, whether it's, you know, there's all kinds of different personality profiles, your personality wiring hard, hardwired by God will determine how you approach any conversation, whether it is in person or whether it is with a text. So because the Bible's a text, our psychology and how our brains work actually affect how we read the Bible. So let me just give you a couple of key words here to help all of our listeners put this in for, into practice. Have you ever noticed in a conversation, maybe with a child or with, maybe with a, a friend or a spouse, that they didn't hear what you said, they heard what they heard. We all do that with the Bible. So you also notice once you buy a, a new car, you realize how many other cars there are that are just like your car because it's what you're, you've trained yourself to look for. So when we come to the Bible, we tend to see what we want to see, what we can see, what we need to see. So that's the first word is selection. We're all selective about what we pull from the Bible, which I think is probably why it's so important for us to listen to other people who have different experiences because they will see some things that we haven't seen. So that's the, that's the first bit is selection. The second bit is categorization. So whenever you see something, particularly if you travel abroad and maybe you've not seen that kind of fruit before, or not seen that animal before, your brain doesn't know what to do with it. So your brain goes into overdrive to put it in some kind of category to relate it. Okay, a tapir is a mammal in South America. It's kind of like, it looks kind of like a, a, a dog, but not really. It's actually part of the uh, pig family. But until you, until you have a category for it, it's really hard to comprehend it. There's so many things in the Bible because it's a 2,000-year-old culture from halfway around the world in a different language that we have difficulty categorizing. So sometimes just putting labels to things is a challenge for us. The last thing is assimilation, where if the Bible challenges us with money or with sexuality or with humility, we have to be able to assimilate that, which may mean, think about when you rearrange the furniture in a living room, every, like you can't just move your couch. Everything has to move to be arranged around the other pieces. So when Jesus comes into a person's life, say, who's never been, it, been to church, or maybe they've never, um, they've never had rules in their life, all of a sudden, 
everything has to change to assimilate and accommodate the new information. That's some of the basics of psychology of Bible interpretation. Okay, so I I didn't know I knew, but I actually did know. <laughs> because I've heard this, but I think I've heard it in, I just haven't put it in the term psychology, but you're exactly right. And it's interesting because, I, and I have a question about this in compared to contextualization. And if, I, I hear that word a lot in regards to evangelizing, and I'm wondering if there is a psychology going on where people who are sharing, they're trying to contextualize, and if those two things are kind of the same coin, if I will. Um, so that's one of the questions. But then I also thought about the assimilation, um, and my brain just thought, oh, okay, so we, we need to obey. And that's about obedience. And so am I am I concluding these things correctly? What do you think? Yeah, so let me, let me start with the last question first about assimilation and obedience. There is a vast difference between a person who, ad, who agrees with the doctrine and a person who is transformed by the words of Christ. You think you, un, you understand about the Bible theoretically or intellectually, but until you begin to alter your life to conformity to Christ, you really don't, you really don't know. It's, it's kind of like a, a person who is a single person that doesn't have kids gives advice to a married couple about how to raise their children. They have no clue. Now they think they do because they've read a book, but that same principle is applied um, to Jesus. The, the other thing that, that you talked about, um, so con contextualization um, in evangelism, I, I will tell you a funny story. One of the first times I ever preached here at Christ Church of the Valley, it's a church that uses non-religious language because we want to prioritize outsiders over insiders. Okay, but that, that, that makes sense. I used a phrase, and we just want to talk about your relationship with Christ. And I go backstage between the, the service, and one of the executives said, "Yeah, we don't we don't talk about uh, guys' relationship with Christ here." And I go, "What? Like what?" And he said, "What's the last time? When is the last time someone wanted to talk to you about your relationship?" And I went, "Oh man, it was my wife, and it's always a horrible night for a guy. Whenever someone says, let's talk about your relationship.'" So he said, and "I love this." He said, "We'll talk about your walk with Christ, your adventure with Christ." Sometimes you can say the same thing with a different language that puts it in a context that makes the listener more receptive. So if we're wanting to be courteous to anyone in any conversation, we need to know what words are helpful to them in hearing the message of Christ. That is so interesting. And so here's a question. When we're doing our daily Bible reading, I wonder if, because something that you said that just really stood out to me and I've experienced and I'm sure I've done, you say, when you have a conversation with someone, you realize they didn't hear what you said. They heard what they heard. And so, which is really interesting because you're like, you repeat the question, you're like, uh, that's not exactly what I said. And then, um, so how does, could that affect in a negative way our Bible reading when we're, because even contextualization, you can only go so far and then you're going outside of the scriptures. Well, isn't, isn't it interesting, uh, humility, and this is a contextualization, humility was an insult prior to Jesus. 
It was only after Jesus that humility became a valued virtue. And for us as Christians, if I'm speaking to a crowd, my greatest humility is being considerate and using words that, that they can hear. Now, as I listen, I switch the humility, and I don't expect them to do that with me. I want to listen with humility, and instead of uh, listening for what I want to hear, I listen for what they want to say. All of us do that with children. But when it comes to Bible reading, many Christians who are and otherwise spiritually mature come with this arrogance of saying, I know what it's supposed to say. I know what I want it to say. I would, I would say to anybody, whether Christian or not, if you're in a conversation with another person, the most Christ-like thing you can do is to listen from their perspective. So how do we do that? Uh, it, that is a question of going back into the contextualization of their cultural perspective. So here's a simple example. We are the most individualistic society in the history of the world. And we grew the Bible, which was a very corporate society. So when we talk about, the, I, I got in trouble last time I preached because I said that when it says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that's not your physical body. That is the body of Christ. I've had three different emails from people going, oh, what do you mean by that? You know, the Holy, Spirit, it, the Holy Spirit's in us. Of course the Holy Spirit's in us. But the context of each of those passages is talking about the church as the body, not an individual as the body. So that's an example of where psychologically, if you stay in your own space and don't listen from the other person's perspective, it's going to be very hard to hear fully the gospel of Jesus. Ooh, that's so good. And so I'm going to pray that we would all have humility because we we desire, well, we should desire humility. And I know that that it is hard because we're all given to pride. So I'm going to pray that right now. Lord, Thank you for your word and what a gift it is. God, I confess that we come with our own ideas, Lord, our own assumptions about your word. God, help us to be humble. As we read, we long to read and know you better. God, give us eyes to see what you have a desire for us to see. Lord, help us to grow in humility. Lord, as people try to teach us, give us quiet tongues, Lord. Help us to hear your, your teaching, God, um, by other interpreters, Lord. Help us to have humility to actually hear from other perspectives, God. Oh, what a gift it is that the body of Christ is made up of all nations, God, and all of us are reading our, our word differently. So God, we, we need your grace to love each other as we speak, to love each other as we listen, and to read the Bible, God, without um, pride and arrogance, but to learn so ultimately we can draw near to you, God, as you draw near to us. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Mark and his wisdom. This is a fascinating conversation. We could talk about it all day, Lord. And I pray that for those who have never considered um, how they read their word, that they would be inspired, Lord, and grow as they read it every day. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you.